Welcome to the Victory of the Lamb podcast. We are a simple, straightforward Bible teaching church in Katy, Texas. If you are in the area, we'd love for you to stop by anytime. Otherwise, we hope you use this podcast to grow in your faith and be confident in sharing it with many. You can find us online at VOTL.org. We hope you enjoy this message, and God bless your week. So I have a question for each one of you. And so when was the last time you got something new? Has it been a while? Was it just recently? Or has it just been today that you got that new thing? And see, according to a study, our brains, they crave new things. And there are so many reasons why. For some, it's craving that new experience, that new excitement in one's life to go from the the daily routine to something new. For some, it's just getting over the boredness, right? Not uh, being excited, or being excited completely over a new thing rather than being bored with another. Or some people are just excited to have new things. For example, a telephone, right? The telephone, after a while, gets old, right? And then you have to get it a new one. Or so we think, because we think it's boring, it's outdated, it needs to be new. And so my question for you is this then. Is that the same with the Lord's Supper? With God's forgiveness? See, with the Lord's Supper, it's God's forgiveness poured out for you for the forgiveness of your sins. It's a new covenant. But are we always excited to take it? Or do we think, oh, it's another Passover, it's another Holy Thursday, another year? Or are we just not excited to take it? Are we not excited about God's forgiveness? And so that's what we'll be talking about today, dear sisters and brothers in Christ. Because it is his food, our fill. Don't take God's forgiveness lightly. But know that you can eat and drink in remembrance of him for the forgiveness of your sins. So we get into our Bible verses for today, the the Lord's Supper in St. Luke's account. And here we see two completely different attitudes. The one with the disciples is it probably was going through the motions. Another Passover feast. They were probably thinking that it was just another Passover and they didn't expect that Jesus would be betrayed that night. Jesus would be handed over. Jesus would be alone in a mock trial, unfairly. Meanwhile, Jesus' attitude was this. He was eagerly wanting to share something new with them. It was a new covenant. God's forgiveness poured out by Jesus' blood, Jesus' body with the bread. That's the attitude Jesus had, even though he knew he was going to die even though he knew he was going to be betrayed by Judas, that he was going to be uh, separated from his disciples and alone, mocked by Pharisees and high officials. So keep that in mind as we go through our Bible verses, starting at verse 7 of Luke's Gospel account. Then came the day of unleavened bread, on which the Passover lamb had to be sacrificed. 
Jesus sent Peter and John saying, Go and make preparations for us to eat the Passover. Where do you want us to prepare for it? They asked. He replied, As you enter the city, a man carrying a jar of water will meet you. Follow him to the house that he enters and say to the owner of the house, The teacher asks, Where is the guest room where I may eat the Passover with my disciples? He will show you a large room upstairs, all furnished. Make preparations there. They left and found things just as Jesus had told them. So they prepared the Passover. When the hour came, Jesus and his disciples reclined at the table. And he said to them, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it again until it finds fulfillment in the kingdom of God. After taking the cup, he gave thanks and said, Take this and divide it among you. For I tell you, I will not drink again from the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. See, in those last couple sentences, Jesus was hinting, right, that he was going to die, that this was his last meal, that he was going to suffer. And so maybe the disciples got it. Maybe they understood what was going on, but they probably fully didn't realize that that was tonight, that Jesus would be betrayed by Judas, that he would be handed over, that his disciples would abandon him, and that Jesus would be alone. But yet Jesus wanted to establish something new, a new covenant, the new sacrament of Holy Communion. And see, in today's day and age, the world sees this day, Holy Thursday, as any other Thursday in April. And see, the world keeps turning in its wicked ways, doesn't it? It continues a cycle, sinful cycles. And so usually with cycles, there's four things that lead to each other that just go round and round. For example, let's talk about greed. It starts with unrepentance. And that unrepentance leads to trying to consume as much as you can, trying to have as much money as you can, try to store it away so that no one can look at it or take it. Going from that to looking to yourself, looking to others, looking to your possessions, and then fully coming circle, never being fully satisfied. And so that sinful cycle continues, doesn't it, with people of the world, with greed. And there's also many other sinful cycles as well. Whether you can name lust, pride, Greed, envy, you can name anything that can be a sinful cycle. It's on one in particular, and that's the cycle of being complacent, going through the motions. And so let's use the Lord's Supper for, as an example. So how often, before the Lord's Supper, do we take to heart what we're about to receive? Or do we think, well, this is uh, nothing new. I've had this many times before. Oh, it's another Holy Thursday, another year. Nothing new. How often, now let's go to when we're taking the Lord's Supper. How often do we take to heart the words that are spoken to us in the Lord's Supper and knowing that what we're receiving is a gift from God? 
It's a means of grace. Or are our minds focused on other things? Are we focused on what we have for work tomorrow? What I have for school tomorrow? What's at home waiting for me when I'm done here? Well, how's the sports team doing? Our minds can be distracted by many things, especially when we're taking the Lord's Supper. And lastly, afterwards, do we realize what we just took? Or do we think, oh, that's nice, right? Or do we think, ah, well, the service was longer, right? But, see, those can be sin- that's the part of that sinful cycle, especially with the Lord's Supper. And it's not only what's just the Lord's Supper, but it can also be in your daily lives of being complacent and not doing what God wants you to do. Going through the motions and not having the desire to do God's will. And so ultimately, it, leads, it comes down to one thing, and that's sin, dear brothers and sisters. It's because of our sin that we always fall short and fail, not only during the Lord's Supper or during service, but also in our daily lives. It's because of sin that we have failed and missed the mark. And what we deserve for that sin is death and punishment. We deserve to be cast away from God forever. And while that's all sad, truly, and while that's all sad and true, know another thing is true that I want to share with you today. God forgives you. God sent his son to die for you. That you can have peace in. Christ lived, he died, and we will see that he will die, and he's going to rise. But he did that for you and for me. And he was eager to do it. He was eager to share his body and blood on a cross. He was eager to share his body and blood in the Lord's Supper. So let me continue with the last two verses of St. Luke's account of the Holy Supper. And he took bread, he gave thanks, and broke it, and gave it to them, saying, This is my body, given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after the supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. Those words ring a little different, don't they? Because Jesus was eagerly wanting to do this. And so just as Jesus eagerly wanted to share his body on that last night, on that holy Thursday, He would share his body on a cross for everyone to see. His body would be hanging there for for our sakes. And so just as his blood was poured out on that night in a cup, so too would his blood be poured out for you, for the forgiveness of all your sins. That's amazing. So know this today. Your sins, they are forgiven by Jesus' body and blood. They are forgiven. There's nothing more you need to do. It's free. It's full. The victory is ours. And so, that is an example of a unilateral covenant. And what I mean by that is that it's God giving something to us. It's a one-way transaction. So think of it like this. 
Imagine if I told you that I would give you $1,000 every week for the rest of your life, and there would be nothing that you would have to do. It's free. Wouldn't you be excited to get that money? I know I would be. Maybe not the one giving it, but the one who's receiving it. And so in a far greater way, that's the same thing with God's forgiveness. That is. In the Lord's Supper, it's the assurance of that forgiveness that God gave you his son on a cross. And he gave you that forgiveness free and full. There's nothing you need to do to earn that forgiveness. It's one. It's done. It's for you. And it's there. And it lasts forever. And it's worth more than what any money can buy. So, take the Lord's Supper as if it were the first time you have taken it. Be eager, just as Christ was eager to save you. And you will take to heart, and you will be excited to take this Lord's Supper, but not only just the Lord's Supper, but God's forgiveness in general. You will be eager to serve him. You will fall into a good cycle, a cycle of repentance. And so shall I go through with you the cycle of repentance? It starts with repentance. It goes to knowing that you are fully and freely forgiven, having confidence and joy in that, and then living your life as God wants you. That's the joyful cycle of repentance. And I, I know each one of you do. And so, with forgiveness in general, live your lives just as you have been forgiven for the first time. And let me say that again. Live your lives as if you were forgiven for the first time. And so you will be eager. You will be excited to do what God wants you to do. You will be joyful, living in that joyful cycle of repentance. And so, an example of this, of, of someone who, whose attitude changed, knowing that he went from guilt to joy, the cycle, a vicious cycle that he was in, to a joyful cycle, was a man named Martin Luther. See, before Martin Luther was the reformer, he was Martin Luther the monk. And Martin Luther the monk had guilt and fear. He had guilt and fear over many things. He had guilt and fear that his sins were not fully and freely forgiven. So much so that he would give himself lashes out of fear and anguish, knowing that God could punish him at any time. It truly was a vicious cycle. But when he learned of God's forgiveness, God's free and full, complete forgiveness, that changed his attitude. He no longer was in that vicious cycle, but he was in the cycle of living his life in Christ with repentance at the forefront. And so just as Martin Luther lived his life with that complete, full forgiveness in his life, that cycle of forgiveness and love, so too we can as well. Knowing that God has forgiven you. So be eager be eager to serve God, just as Christ was eager to save each one of us. And take to heart the greatest love story, that's the unilateral covenant, which is God sending us his son for the forgiveness of sins. It is the greatest love story 
isn't it? Of God sending his son, a great love so much that even if you were the only person on this earth, God still would have sent his son to die for you. God still would have sent his son to give you the Lord's Supper for the forgiveness and assurance of your sins. That's how great God's love is for each one of us here today. And so, you will realize that what we have for us waiting in store is a home far greater than we could ever imagine. A home that's built by God. A home that is built just for each one of us here with our names on it. And know that you will be renewed day by day until we get there. And that his goodness and love will surely follow you all the days of your life dear brothers and sisters. So whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all for the glory of God. And know that you, whatever you do, you can do it in remembrance of him. And so as we take the Lord's Supper this evening, know that God's love is there, following you all the days of your life. The free and full forgiveness is there. To him be the glory forever and ever. Amen. Time is precious. Thank you so much for investing some of your time with us today. Could I ask you for one more favor? If you're enjoying this podcast, please don't forget to click subscribe and give us a rating. Just a few seconds of your time will help other people hear the simple, straightforward Bible message we offer. Thank you so much. God bless your day in Christ.